Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam. We are five years into making this podcast that we love so much called Brown Ambition, and we could not do it without you. We've gone from me and Tiffany sneaking around my old office building, trying to find places to record. And thanks to you guys, we now have 100,000 downloads per month for this little show called Brown Ambition. We would love to ask y'all for a small favor as fans of the show. Tiffany, what are we looking for? Here's what we'd love from you guys. We already have over a thousand reviews and a five-star rating on iTunes. But you know what's better than a thousand reviews? 2,000 reviews. If you could head on over to iTunes, go to our Brown Ambition page, scroll on down to the bottom, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. So subscribe, rate, review. Not too much to ask, right? Easy peasy. We love you guys. And thank you so much for making Brown Ambition what it is. The last five years have been amazing. And it's all thanks to you. Hey, we're back, we're black, we're brown ambition. Hey, Mantra. Jazz hands. Hey, happy Monday. <laughs> happy Monday. Recording on this beautiful September Monday. Listen, as you were doing the intro, I was just like kicking myself in the face, which I can't physically do, but you know, not literally. I can't believe when I was designing Brown Ambition Store, <clears throat> brownambitionstore.com, that I did not put that on one of our new t-shirts. How does it go? We're back. We're black. We're, We're brown black. ambition. We're brown. It has to go Damn on a t-shirt. It. Oh, you didn't know Damn we had it. t-shirts? I'm doing it. We have t-shirts. Not only do we have t-shirts, Tiffany, <clears throat> and thank you for, for, for asking about our swag <laughs> because five years into the show, uh, we finally have some merchandise for you guys to rock your brown ambition pride everywhere in quarantine, on your Zoom calls, in line six feet away from each other at Trader Joe's, rock it. We have t-shirts, we got onesies for the babies out there, Brown Ambition babies, we got tote bags, and the t-shirts, I'm pretty proud, oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to do my part for nature, so they're recycled. I will spare you the details on uh, the, the the terrible pollution that clothes create, but anyway, check out our store, brownambitionstore.com, and pick up some swag, and then you've got to share, we need pictures. Pictures of y'all yes. wearing your Brown Ambition swag. Of course, right? Hashtag Brown Ambition swag. BA swag. That's what you should do. Hashtag BA swag mm-hmm. or just hashtag Brown Ambition. Sure. And tag us on Instagram at Brown Ambition Podcast, on Facebook, wherever. We're all over the place. Mm-hmm. At Mandy Money, at The Budget Nista. Y'all know where to find us. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited. Yeah. So what's the store address again? 
brownambitionstore.com. So easy to remember. So easy to remember. <laughs> I will prepare y'all though, because I was a little surprised by this. This is my first time setting up a, um, a swag store. And I mean, shocking, because it took me five years to do that. But anyway... <laughs> I did it, okay? Listen, but, and I use Printful, just full disclosure, and you can connect that through a, a site called Shopify. So I know that you guys, especially those of you who checked out our episode with Sandy Smith, where we were talking about side hustles. So one of the common side hustles these days is drop shipping, which is essentially when you create, you know, you can put your logo or create a custom design for a product, but then instead of ordering a huge, you know, stock of that product and keeping it in your basement until it's sold, you can use a dropshipping company to hold the product for you and do all of the hard work of printing or manufacturing the products and then shipping them out to your customers. So we use Printful and I was really surprised because, you know, with Brown Ambition, I mean, let's let's just be real here. Our audience is mostly women of color, mm -hmm. um, like probably more than 80% of our audience, women of color. And we... I was surprised that I wasn't able to get a more diverse lineup of models on the Printful website. And I was so surprised that I was like, am I just missing the right button? Like, is there a button or some setting? And, you know, it's not like super easy to navigate. So I, I went to customer support and I live chatted a very nice gentleman. And he said, you know, that's actually not an option. But if mm -hmm. you'd like to go to our feature request form and he said, submit a request for this to be a feature that's added. And I went to the feature request and it's one of those things where you can upvote features that like if you see someone else has requested a feature that you really want, you can upvote it. So here's what I need y'all to do. I'm going to post a link in our show notes and you need to click that link and upvote my request for Printful to have more inclusive models because there is no reason we should not be able to have a group of beautiful yes. women of color repping our brand because that is what Brown Ambition is all about. And I, I was genuinely surprised. And the guy on customer service was like, I think there might be a few other requests like this. There were maybe two and they each had like four votes. Mm. So this is where we can make some kind of difference. I'm genuinely shocked that I even have to. But you know what? This is, this is what it is. Like you think in 2020, these things, you know, you shouldn't have to ask for these types of things. But listen, we do. And I think, I think Brown Ambition Nation can help create some change. So go to my show notes, go to our show notes and click our link to our feature request. And please, please, please upvote it. Upvote, upvote. Mm -hmm. Let's shame them in our upvote. <laughs> and I like that we're doing that, like use their own process. And then if we don't get a response, then we can take it to Twitter. So don't go, you know, we don't need y'all to like, go and you just know, yet. drag them on Twitter just, just yet. Yeah. You know, Twitter, you just know, Twitter is my go-to girl. <laughs> like I was, who did I, someone, remember we told a young woman to like, um, to go to Twitter. She's like, girl, it worked. <laughs> Yeah. I no, like, me. I mean, remember my washing machine saga, my dishwasher yes. saga of 2018, <laughs> yeah. 19? I was like, tag me, girl. We're going to go back and forth. It'd be like, discuss it in open court. And they were like, yes. how can we help you? I was like, I thought so. <laughs> right. Well, let's you, I would like to give them, I think, giving them a chance to do the right thing first and foremost, because it's not like they don't have diverse models. They do. It's just that, you know, that you can't quite, you can't like select. It was just luck of the draw. Mm. So then I couldn't even pick like women, you know, it was like, I think there was like a guy, like different guys, different women, different hairstyles, whatever. But, you know, so they just need more customization, I think, of the models. But it's got to be hard, you know, to their defense, it's got to be hard to do that in a way where, you know, you wouldn't have the opposite happening. Like brands being like, mm, like we just want only white people to buy our products, which mm -hmm. I can't imagine. Why? Because you're really excluding lots of money that way. Exactly. But uh, 
Anyhow, what the hell else is going? Oh my God, the world's ending. Yes, but I'm our, excited about BG this episode because we are focusing on the listeners, and we basically have a mailbag episode. Mailbag, mm-hmm. all about you guys. So we've had guests the past couple of weeks, and. They were two of my favorite shows, kind of back-to-back. Mm. But we had Just Breet Singh from Minority Mindset. You already know how I feel about that, so let's not even... Sydney <laughs> had never heard of him, and it was actually really embarrassing for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was my favorite! <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, no, and I... could hear the, the yeah. salivation through the, <laughs> through the mic. I, I don't, like I said, it's not Just Breet himself, physically. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I just love other financial educators. And he's one that hasn't been in the brown mix um, as much as like, because we know basically everyone and we're super cool and friends with everyone. So to find a new one, um, someone who really focuses on education is so good. Um, so good. But yeah, no, I'm excited for the mailbag. Have you, I don't know, like, um, does the baby watch um, like Elmo and like Sesame Street yet? He really loves Elmo. I don't know if I could say he watches it, but he's delighted by it okay. for about 20 seconds. Because, you know, there's like, I when I used to teach preschool, we would watch it in the morning as the kids were coming in. And there would be a thing. It'd be like, Elmo has mail. Elmo has mail. Elmo has mail. And I feel like <laughs> this is what's happening right now, that B.A. has mail. Ooh, are you sending me things? <laughs> oh, no, I was just, I was hitting the save button. I think my my computer makes fun clicking noises. Does. When I click. <laughs> Wait, but is this a new setting? Did I just take a screenshot? I think so. I'm just trying to save. <laughs> but okay, yes. Okay, whatever. Yes, BA has mail. <laughs> BA has mail. BA has mail. So, do we ever? We have email, we have Instagram messages. I dug through them all and tried to get a nice little group of them, but that does not mean that we're never going to take y'all's questions again. In fact, we are trying to come up with even more efficient ways for y'all to get your questions answered mm-hmm. on the show. Um, in the meantime, though, hit us up, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Old school. Or holler at me on Instagram. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast on IG. Yes, we are. Before we get to the mailbag, can we just do a, a quick, quick, quick? I know there's so much. I mean, the news is just trying us. And I've, I've been thinking so much about Dr. Imani's advice from last week, which was like, limit yourself to 15 minutes of news a day and just read it on your like news app and then stop. Because I've turned into that, like, I just constantly am asking Google to tell me the news. Like, hey, Google, what's the news? Mm. Even if it hasn't changed, something about it just comforts me. But this weekend, it was all about RBG. Yeah. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the second woman to ever hold a Supreme Court seat and such a champion of equal rights for women. And her story is just so powerful. And she's gone. I know. I just want to take, I mean, I, I, I'm power out. If you're out there, you know, at one of her memorials are all happening all over the country. Um, I get people are stressed because, you know, this was the fear all along. We were all just praying for RBG to survive, you know, Trump's term so that he wouldn't have an opportunity to replace her with someone even more conservative. And, you know, right before the election, she passes away. I so I it's it's sad, but it's also just a reminder. One of the things that I was sort of surprised by, and I guess it was a reminder, but also it's like I didn't realize I mean, it makes sense, though. We we can decide how many justices sit on the Supreme Court. And I follow Bondaire Jones, who's a very exciting congressional candidate. He's he's running for office in the district we live in in New York. And he's, um, uh, you know, he's a he's a black man. And, you know, he's he's very he's just awesome. He's a progressive, all that. He was posting on the gram and kind of talking about how, like, you know, this could be a case for increasing the number of justices on the Supreme Court. Like, 
if the Republicans push through their own nominee for the Supreme Court, even though that seems like, I mean, I want to believe it's unlikely, but like, let's say it happens. Yeah. The, you know, what we could do if Biden wins is like ask for more justices. And part of me feels like this is a level of like widespread conversation in households that just wasn't happening before. Like the economic, like the, 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 what do you call it? Civic government level of conversation we're having. Like people need to understand we need to go back to basics. Like, here are the three branches of the government. Here's how they work. And I think it all comes back to how important it is for people to vote for their elected officials in Congress. President, great, but like Congress, even more important when it comes to like making laws and deciding how things are structured, like the judicial branch. So that's my little civics lesson for the day. And dot, dot, dot. I'm just going to leave it there. Isn't there, um, there's a movie based upon her life, right? What's the movie called? On Net- Is it yeah. Netflix? I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, it has the same, a- I was just remembering, wait, what's the actress's name? She was in, um, she was in that thing, in that movie with that guy. Oh yes, the thing, the movie, the guy. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I haven't watched the, I haven't watched the film, but there is also a documentary. It was like the, the year of RBG was a couple years ago and there was a documentary and then the movie. Um, I downloaded her audiobook, her memoir, or her biography, more like um, from Audible. And it's good because it's not quite like a traditional memoir. She's reading speeches and she's reading like dissenting because she was famous for her her dissenting opinions, like writing really, yes. um, you know, eloquent justifications for why she wasn't, you know, voting against something um, or not voting, ruling against something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I recommend her her audiobook if you're wanting to do, you know, wanting to like bask in the glory of her story. But also voting helps. Yeah. Vote, vote. It does. Please vote. And don't just vote for president. Come back. Come back, come back and vote in the midterms. Because that really means the most because here's the thing, your local government is what controls your local life. So you want to make sure yeah. that you're really voting for like what's going to actually happen in your town that not to say obviously the presidency doesn't have a huge effect on your life, but you know, who sits on your you know education board, the mayor, your assemblywoman, those things are super important as well. Yeah, 1,000%. You know what? I mean, not to brag, but I emailed my Parks and Rec department today to tell them that one of the swings at the local playground was busted. They replaced it Mm. and sent me a picture within a few hours. So, you know, government working for the people. Yes. Beautiful. It's just little things like that, you know, make a difference. But I do feel like, I mean, I'm going to beat this into Rio's head. Well, not beat it into, but I'm going to make sure that he understands. It's really when it comes to like, like Congress your elected officials, your local elected officials, they really, really matter. And so many of them have just been serving in this office for decades, years and years and years and getting reelected and getting reelected and getting reelected because nobody knows any different. And like, no one really knows who they are in the first place. Um, And yet they're the ones who are going to be deciding whether or not Trump is able to appoint a new Supreme Court justice to take RBG's place. Like they're the ones who supported Brett Kavanaugh's appointment to the Supreme Court. They are the ones who decide if legislation around immigration, you know, ultimately gets passed. Like, yeah, the president can ultimately veto it, but then it can get kicked back to Congress. Mm -hmm. And then they need, what, a two-thirds majority and they can override it. So it really, really matters. And I I just hope that this momentum and education, this moment that we're at, you know, continues for people. Yeah, I agree too. Yup. Oh, my God. What's going to happen to the Affordable Care Act? Oh, my gosh. People are saying it's a done deal. Uh. 
Honestly, I just, I was talking to my sister about it, and it's so important that you look toward yourself. You are the superhero you're waiting for. You're going to have to save yourself. We need to get, you know, like, honestly, all the stuff that Mandy and I have been talking about, which I love your comments, when you guys reply, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm saving more. I'm investing more. I'm, you know, and Mandy, I just sent Helen, uh, uh, my mentee, EC, just signed up with Helen. Um, because oh. because she was telling me about a financial advisor who was like, yeah, he's only going to charge 2%. And he also wants this fee and that fee. I was like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, here are three of my faves, Helen being one of them, Anjali, who's my financial planner, my certified financial planner. And there's another woman named Amy Irving, who I really like as well. And so I was like, you know, because you want to interview more than one, interview three. She loved Helen. Um, and I was like, yeah, rightfully so, because Helen is dope. But basically, you have to be your own superhero, I mean, you have to, there's there's some things that are beyond your control, but the things that are within your control, stocking up, making sure you have enough savings, making sure you're investing for the future, taking care of you and your family, because it's just, I don't know what else we could do. It's scary times, honestly. And if you don't, if you're waiting on something to save you, it's not coming. You are going to have to save you. You are going to have to look inward and we're going to have to look inward as a community to to build things up for ourselves, to create safe spaces for ourselves, to create opportunities to to um, make income to support our families for ourselves. So that's why we're here. That's what Brown Ambition is really all about. It's like, you know, that the ambition part is like growth. It's it's success. It's living the life that you're wanting to live and us trying to provide examples and encouragement and support and suggestions on your way on that journey. So yeah, you got to lean into Brown Ambition now more than ever. So what you're saying is we should pool our resources, Brown Ambition Nation, and buy land and then create a community called Brown Ambition. It'll be Brown <laughs> Ambition-topia. Did you hear about that? The, who, yes, in Georgia? In Georgia. Yes, Yay, I did. Georgia. I did. I'm try- the number 19 is coming to mind. Is it 19 people or 19 acres or whatever? But a lot of people decided to buy lots of land and they're planning on building what? Like an oasis, like basically the Wakanda of Georgia? Yeah. Sounds magical. Yeah, it does sound magical. I mean, whether or not that goes anywhere, that concept, um, I was just, I was explaining to my little brother because he was thinking, you know, he owns his own condo and something, whatever society, whoever, he had gotten this impression that like owning real estate or being a landlord was like something bad um, or had like a negative connotation to it. And I was like, listen. That is that is what we need. Property is everything. Property is what was stolen from our ancestors. Property is what's so hard to attain today. And if you've got it, we've got to hold on to it and make sure that others who look like us can achieve it. And um, that's why I love that story out of Georgia, that community. You know, whatever they decide to put there, at the end of the day, black people own it. Mm-hmm. Black wealth is being created. And I that's love that. A beautiful thing. Okay. Are you ready for questions? I'm ready to dump out my mailbag and... Before we do that, let's take a quick, quick break. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. 
Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Let me shake up that mailbag. Shake, 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 shake. Does the things on the internet rattle and shake? Uh, I don't that know. that was true, <laughs> our mailbag would be, oh, just all over the place. Yep. So once again, we're brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or at brownambitionpodcast on IG. Yeah. And remember that we are your financial friends, not your financial guru, not your financial planner, not your financial advisor, which is financial friends that are just talking amongst each other. And this is not meant to be substitute for advice from your personal financial advisor. Okay. Oh, thank you for reading that fine print. Mm-hmm. So well said. In other words, see well, your grandma, let's... not us. Yeah, financial gurus, not your, we're your financial girlfriends, yes. not your gurus. Yes. Okay? <laughs> and shout out to the Brown Ambition listener who sent me like, like probably a few thousand words in this email and literally had gone back and she list, she started listening to episode 38 in May. What? And now she has caught up. She has listened to 200 episodes. Oh my gosh. I am overwhelmed on her behalf. That is amazing. I'm going to go, I just, I read the email. It was so, so long, but she literally had quoted you, Tiffany, saying that. She was like, you need to put this on your shirts. We are your financial gurus, or sorry, your financial girlfriends, not your gurus. And I thought that was really sweet. So thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. All right. So this listen, our first question, we have uh, quite a few on investing, which was great to see. So this comes from Instagram user. Her name is B. She says, hey, girl, hey. Hey, hey, Ally Bank used to offer its customers great interest rates for savings. And now it's down to like 0.1%. Okay, that's not entirely true. I think as of this recording, it's what, 0.6%. But anywho, get your point is down low. What is your perspective on taking some money from savings and putting it towards stocks? Maybe Apple or the Tesla st- uh, stock split. Or an ETN. What's an ETN? Tiffany? She probably meant ETF. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was really ready to just learn a new acronym that I did not know. Um, an ETF to ensure my money is working for me. Yep, that's absolutely true. The Fed, and the Fed actually announced last week, this is Mandy answering the question, The Fed announced what last week at their most recent meeting that they, well, they didn't announce it, but the chair of the Fed did say probably interest rates will be where they are now, which is very close to zero through 2023, potentially. (gasps) No. Yeah. A long time. A long time of low savings rates. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Okay, Drake. (laughs) Um, No. um, Yeah. So I can tackle this a little bit. Of course, we could jump in, tag team. So here's the thing. First things first. People look at savings, it's like, this wasted money. No, it's called risk management. So I would keep, because what the Fed is saying is, 
we think things are going to be bad for a while. Don't look at the, the, the stock market is crazy. The stock market is a two-year-old. It doesn't know what's happening. It just goes up and down based upon people's whims. It's really the economy you're wanting to look at, and nobody is studying the economy more closely than the Fed. And if the Fed is saying we're keeping interest um, rates this low, it's because they are trying to minimize some of some damage they see coming. So what that means is I would hunker down, keep six months of of your emergency savings. So I call it your noodle budget, your if you had to eat ramen noodle budget, if you had to get rid of all the extra, how much would your life cost you a month? Multiply that times six, keep it in savings. It's not about making money off that savings. It's about if I lose my job, I have six months to one, cut out all the excess and to live for six months while I try to figure out what to do. So don't think about that money as wasted money. It's your insurance policy. So put that up. Do you have excess? Awesome. Then I totally agree. Now, here's the thing. If you are not already invested in stocks, if you are not willing to do the research, I'm not talking about like, you know, the husband research, which, you know, my hubby does too. Like, heard about Apple. We should get some. That's not research. Um, if you're not willing to do like the research research, honestly, what I would choose is a total market index fund. Um, there is, Vanguard has, a, has, a, has one that I like in like the last, I don't know, I think it was like maybe 20 years or something like that. It's returned like, don't quote me, I think it's anywhere from 15 to 20%. Um, it's actually, most index funds are, well, let's explain what an index fund is, Mandy, right? Mm-hmm. So an index fund is a fund that mirrors a market. So a market is like the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ. So an index fund is meant to mirror the market. To If the market goes up, you go up. The market goes down, you go down. And the market always goes up over time. It might go up and down on its way there, but over the last 100 years, the market has always gone up. The last 100 years, about 10%, but really the last 30 years, 7 to 8% on average. So an index fund just does what the market does. So it doesn't require you to know how to pick a stock because an index fund is going to be kind of like a basket of different investments. So you don't have to pick individual ones. You could just follow the market. So I would choose a total market index fund. Um, Normally, I would say an ETF, which is a basket that you can trade like stocks, like a basket of investments. You could trade like a stock because typically ETFs are passively managed, meaning like an algorithm Picks the, picks the stocks for you, and it keeps the expense, the fee, which is called the expense ratio. It keeps that fee low. But there's actually a passively managed mutual total market fund. Now, mutual funds are usually not passively managed. They're typically actively managed, meaning there's a human being that's making the choices, and therefore the fees, the expense ratio is higher. But Vanguard's total market index fund is actually passively managed, which is not typical, which means the fees are really low. So I would look, I think it's like VT, let me get what it's, the Vanguard, Vanguard. I'm gonna, V-Stacks. What is it? VT, yeah, V. V-T-S-A-X. Mm-hmm. So I, say, I say V-Stacks, even though the S comes after the <laughs> So I would put my money there, or if not Vanguard, I think Fidelity has a total market fund, and I think Charles Schwab has a total market fund. Basically, I would just invest in the market if you're not out here studying stocks where you can, you know, feel like, okay, I'm really studying like PE ratios and all this other stocky stuff. If you're not going to do that, I would just put my money in an index fund because you're your, the money's going to grow. The stock market always goes up, but know that it's a long-term investment. You're not, you know, looking to make money like tomorrow. 
Yeah, 100%. I would just say like your savings is for money that you might need tomorrow. If you want to put money in the market, you've got to get really comfortable with potentially seeing that money go up and down because it's a long-term investment. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that where you're putting your money aligns with your long, your goals in the long or the short term. Um, And did I, when Tiffany mentioned the specific index fund, I was like, just to remind y'all, we are your financial girlfriends, not your gurus. So you have to make the best choice for you and do your own research. But, you know, in general, yeah, index funds make sense and they're a great way to invest. The only difference, like the main difference, like Tiffany said, between an ETF and an index fund is that you can trade an ETF all the time. Um, You can trade it like a stock, basically. So if you want to, if you want to, you know, be trading an ETF, then or trading, you know, your index fund or trading a fund of funds, then ETF's the way to go. But if you just want to set it and forget it, mm-hmm. index fund. A mutual fund is like the way to go. But just make sure, yeah. like ideally it's passively managed because the closer, the more a human being has to touch it, the more they're going to charge you. So if it's passively mm-hmm. managed, like 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 we mentioned the the VT, the fee stacks, then, you know, your your um, expense ratio, your fee is going to be much lower. So, and, and I just say like, to me, I have a five-year rule. Do I need this money for five years? Then don't put it into the market. 100%. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's take another one. This comes from Instagram listener. Her name's Nakia. She says, ladies, I have a short question. Would you recommend a pre-tax 401k or a Roth 401k? Do you think it's a good idea to have both? Thanks. I'm glad I found your podcast and I share it with everyone. Oh, thank you. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Yes. Classic pre-Roth uh, 401k or a regular 401k. Um yeah. What do you think, Tiff? Well, this is what I say. One, if I had a 401k that had a match, girl, get your money. So a match is when like your company says, you put in money and I put in some money too. Sometimes they match directly. Like, you know, you put in 2%, I put in 2%. Sometimes it's like if you put in up to 6%, I put in 3%. Either way, the rule typically is you put in money, I put in money. So if your company has a match, get your match money because basically it's free money. Once you meet your match, then mosey on over to Roth IRA land. And right now, Mandy, isn't it $6,000 the, the max for Roth IRAs right now if you're under 50? I think it's 6000 Well, that's an IRA, yeah. So she's talking about just the distinction with a 401k that's provided through your employer. Okay. And that limit is higher. So right now for a pre-tax 401k it's and a Roth. It's right? Yeah, it's like 19000 or something like that. But the key difference is that pre-tax, obviously your money goes in, you get to, you earn um, you don't pay taxes on anything until you uh, take it out in retirement. And with the Roth 401k, you're paying taxes up front. And usually they say, they, expert people say, <laughs> Roth makes sense if you think you'll be in a higher tax bracket later on. And so I definitely had a Roth when I was early in my career because I was in a lower tax bracket because I was making like no money. And it made sense for me to pay taxes up front because, you know, it, my taxes will be a lot lower. You never, Of course, you can't predict the future. Who mm-hmm. knows? But I did have a Roth before. And then I've shifted to a pre, uh, pre-tax 401k as I've, um, as I've started to earn more in my I, career. I like but, both to have a mix. I think that you should have your 401k money up to the max. Because here's the thing about a Roth is that, that once you get to $139,000 as a single person, you cannot contribute to a Roth anymore. So that opportunity to have money that you can take out tax-free later because you pay taxes. The way the way um, retirement accounts work is that you either pay taxes now and then take out tax-free later, or you pay taxes later and you put your money in tax free now. And so it's nice to have a mix in retirement to have some money that's taxed and you know and then some money that's that's not taxed because you already paid it. So I 
I, I like for, because Roths are, $6,000 is a lot of money, but it's not, if you could take advantage of a Roth, take advantage after you've met your match to your 401k. So I would 401k up to match, right? Up to um, the match. Then hit up Roth up to that 6,000 if you're under 50, then back to 401k to continue contributing. This is just like what my financial uh, certified financial planner suggested for us, like to have money on both sides of the tax equation. Um, so that's what I would suggest, honestly, to kind of seesaw back and, back and forth. Because to Manny's point, you know, with a Roth, you know, that's money you get to pull out tax-free later. You don't know what your, your taxes are going to be uh, later, but you get to pull them out later. And, and having a mix of different type of tax money is really going to be helpful in retirement. So I like the, I like the seesaw. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, though, Nakia, I would say if you have access to a 401k, don't hem and haw too much. Like you should do some research, but at least put something somewhere. Yes. You, will, you can't go wrong by putting money away in your 401k. I just wouldn't want you to be holding on to funds because you're not sure. I, you want to pick the exact right account. There's pros and cons to each of them, which you can research. And you may even have access to free financial advice through your employer and your 401k provider. But the point is just start saving in your Roth or your regular 401k, whichever one you think fits your needs right now. Let's take another one. So this one, this one hit home for me because we've, it actually is, I could use this as kind of a, like a proxy for a lot of different questions we've gotten from people um, recently. And this is someone, excuse me, from Instagram. Her name is, we'll keep her anonymous. She says, I'm loving your podcast, but I need some help because I feel lost. I'm 41 years old and I've never invested and I'd love to start. I work as a childcare provider in my home. My husband works outside of the home. Where should I start? So in her 40s, feeling like she's too late to start investing and wants some inspo. So I'm not sure if it's investing for retirement, because what I would suggest is if you're going to invest for retirement, looking at a target date fund, or if you're like, oh, no, no, we've got retirement money set aside, and you're just like, I just want to invest for investing sake, then an index fund that we man- that we mentioned prior to that. Um those are my two suggestions because I like those because those are like kind of like algorithm generated. So you don't know have you don't have to know how to pick specific things because to your point, that's one of the reasons why a lot of women in particular are like, ah, I don't invest. So it's like, well, let the algorithm choose the the stocks, the bonds, and the investment vehicles for you. You just choose where, you know, what algorithm you're gonna use. Are you gonna use a target date fund? which says, here's the target date for your retirement and we're going to, you're going to put your money in every month and we're going to rebalance your portfolio, meaning put some money toward, get less and less aggressive the closer you get to your target date, your your retirement date. Um, so you're going to do that for retirement, you know, which is super easy or you're investing for wealth. Great. Choose an index fund, follow the market. The market always goes up over time. You've got more than 20 years before you, quote unquote, officially retire on the books, you know, although you might retire early. So following the market means in 20 years, the market will, will it would be crazy for it not to be up just because it's always gone up. So that's what I would suggest. Target date fund or or, um, or an index fund um, if you're just starting out and you don't know or really want to do the research. Yeah, and I mean, she mentions that she's a childcare provider working from home. So if you're, you know, if you've got a, an at-home business, you can look into a SEP IRA, mm-hmm. which we can put a link to explain. This is basically um, the, you know, uh, entrepreneur's version of a, a 401k. 401k. Yep. Um, and I would also say, you know, you don't tell us much about your financial picture. And it's really hard to give investment advice when we don't know if you have debt, 
If your husband, if he works outside the home, does he have access to a 401k through his employer? Has he been contributing? Does he get a match? Because, you know, you definitely want to take advantage of any match, you know, first and foremost. But I, I just want to address, you know, you're 41 years old. You've still got a lot of years ahead of you. So it's not it's not too late. Um, it's just, you know, day one or one day. You know, you, it's that same expression. <laughs> I like um, that. Day one or one day. That's my favorite quote these days. Uh, but it's so applicable to everything. Mm-hmm. So I think this is your day one. The fact that you've asked this question, hopefully you're listening to this show right now. I'll ping you on Insta and let you know we answered your question. You know, you're listening. You're starting to educate yourself. Let's just, you know, you can do it. Um, it's not, it's real. They want us to believe they, I don't know who the they is, but <laughs> the, the society, capitalism, they want us to believe it's too hard for us. That it's too hard for us to figure out. That's just not true. Yes. You can absolutely do it. You just got to start. So, and I'm 41. Start in- well, just about like I turned 41 in a couple of weeks. And honestly, I just started like setting aside for retirement like two years ago because I was so focused on the business. I, I reinvested everything back in after draining my retirement account. So, I mean, it, it's better to start. I'm not even stressed about it. I'm just like, okay, I've, I've starting is better than not starting. So you are not alone. There are a lot of people who are like, I haven't done anything, but let this be the last, the last week that you say that, you know, find a super easy index fund. You can just Google best index funds and be like, you know what, you know, I'm going to put my money in this mutual fund, 50 bucks every, every month. I'm going to find a mutual fund that's passively managed and just put my money in there every month. It, it follows this market. Okay. That's it. And then, you know, as you get more acclimated to that, then you can expand beyond that. Absolutely. And if, if, you know, a lot of times people don't invest because they don't have anything left over to invest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, and, and she didn't mention that, but we definitely get questions like that where it's like, how am I supposed to invest anything? I'm living paycheck to paycheck. You know, the uncomfortable truth is that you've got to try to increase your income so that you do have something to invest. You know, uh, do whatever you can, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, picking up a side gig or asking for a raise or moving to a more lucrative field it's going to take some effort to increase your income so that you have something set aside. And if there's, and that's, that's definitely the answer. If you've done everything else, if you've cut your expenses, if you paid off your debt and it still doesn't feel like you have extra, it's all about increasing your income in some way or another. Um, and there are, you know, ways you can do that. And it just takes, it takes extra work. It takes some hustle and some grind, but that is, that's, that's how it gets done. Yeah. All right. How many, let's take another one for sure. Ooh, there was a question from someone who uses euros. So I don't know where they're from, but I was excited to see some euros. <laughs> we'll just pretend they're dollars for this example's sake, though. I don't think that it matters whether they're euros or I don't think the currency matters. All right. Instagram, Clara from IG says she is in credit card debt over two, wait, over $1,224 across two cards. The first card has 1000 The second has over 200 she says, I'm currently waiting on $1,000 from a job I've done recently. I've got about $800 in my savings account, which won't even cover my monthly expenses. My question is the following. Should I wait till I get the $1,000 to clear the larger card because it has higher interest? Or should I split that $1,000 I'm going to get and put $800 on the first card and then use $200 for the other? I have a freelance job that's keeping me afloat, but knowing I have this much debt is unsettling during this time. Once I pay it off, I can save a lot more. What um Absolutely. what's what's her name? Clara. So Clara, you know how like when you're in school, you do like the fire drill, and you practice. You pull like the fire. You know they're like, oh, okay, the fire alarm. You walk out. You're like, oh, practice. Uh, this is not a drill. I'm nodding. I'm Clara. Yes, right. she knows. Right. So this is not a drill. 
the the economy's on fire. Meaning that <laughs> the reason why right, we are literally saving because the savings is the water. The economy's on fire. So if you instead say, you know what, I'm gonna use this water for, you know, to like fill my pool, um, then it's like, ah no, Clara, I want you to not only keep the $800 in your savings account, I want you to add that thousand to your savings account. Because right now, Claire, the fact that 800 is not enough to cover your monthly bills lets me know that you don't have one month worth of, of expenses, let alone the six months, which is like what I really ideally recommend. I don't want you, especially as a freelancer, it could go either way. Claire, I want you to stack as much money as you can. The debt can wait. You know what can't? Groceries. You know what can't? Rent. I want you to have some money stacked away because this is not a drill. Someone pulled the fire alarm because the economy is actually on fire. So don't use excess money toward paying down debt if you don't have enough of your savings saved up. And once you have enough savings saved up, then yes, you can get a, you can get aggressive with debt. Yes, love it. If you've got, you know, she doesn't mention her credit or not. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things you could do to reduce the cost of your debt. If you have a really good credit score, you could potentially look at getting a 0% interest balance transfer credit card just to like transfer those cards over so you're not, you know, having that high interest accruing. There's also, you know, you could potentially look at like a debt consolidation loan to pay off those credit cards. But I totally agree with Tiffany and it may sound like scary, especially because you know, you think you're like, you're a law abiding citizen, probably. And, you know, you want to do the right thing. And it seemed wrong to not pay back your, your creditors. But that is like the world we live in now. You've really got to put your life vest on first, like Tiffany said, and put that money away and, and look at it not as if you're not paying the credit debt. Look at it as if this is what's going to protect you from having to go back into credit debt mm-hmm. um, in the future. And when you're on the, you know, you're on the right on the border, you know, of being in real financial insecurity right now, it, I think... I think Tiffany's totally right. You should. And you know, me and Mandy are like, yourself. we're like, the to- we don't like that. So me and Mandy are just like, pay the debt down. But so for us to be like, yeah. mm, save, that means a lot because we are both so anti-debt, but not in times like this. It's like, no, put that water toward the fire. You don't need to pull right now. I mean, stop racking up the debt for yes. sure. But I wouldn't, you know, it's, and also $1,200, you can pay that off with, you know, just work on your freelance income, increasing that trying to get that savings built up as fast as you can, and then you can start tackling that debt. In the meantime, if you've got strong credit, look into your options to park that debt, park the, pay off those credit cards another way, and then it won't reduce, it won't you know, erase the debt, but it'll make it more affordable for you to have the debt, and then you can pay it off slowly. Okay, let's take one last question. This one's really interesting, um, and I can't wait to hear Tiffany's response. This comes from IG user who goes by the name Gina. Gina says, I have a question for Tiffany. I was reading in the New York Post where they talked about New Jersey's governor, who's Democrat, potentially raising taxes on millionaires living in the state. Do you think this is positive? How has your outlook on liberal fiscal policies changed since becoming more affluent with the success of your business? Do you believe the governor is doing the right thing? In the article, they cite that millionaires make up 3% of the population, but contribute 40% of the taxes. Many millionaires are fleeing the state. I'm really curious to know your thoughts on the issue. Honestly, fascinating. Yeah, it is because I mean, obviously, the liberal part of me is like, well, it's only fair if you make more. I mean, you should pay more. I'm not hurting, you know. Like I, I'm, I'm doing really well. And this year, I think I'll cross over for the first time the seven figure mark as take home, not as um, like the business that will cross over the eight figure mark, which would push me over the seven figure mark. Um, 
So, but I'm not going to lie. I just paid my taxes because, you know, the extension. When I tell you I paid it on the last day of the extension, it was <laughs> several hundred thousand dollars. I was like, cheese and rice. It is so, because it's not just state tax. It's also federal tax. Like my tax rate right now is I think 41% or four, a little over 40%, which is incredibly high. Um, so it just, so I actually was just talking with my certified financial planner, Anjali, my CFO, Shanta, my big accountant, Carlos, about what are some ways to restructure the business that maybe, you know, we can, what can we do to offset? And so they're just giving me some, some ideas, but ultimately I'm going to pay more in taxes than the average person because I make a, a lot of money. So I don't think it's unfair. I mean, I, I think it's, it is fair because preschool teacher Tiffany should not be paying a higher tax rate than business millionaire, baby billionaire Tiffany. She just shouldn't. But I could, I can see because it's, I can only, I can see that it's only going to get better over here as far as the business is concerned. We have some things on the, on the horizon that are just going to push us to the next level, which means that personally I'll take home more. I don't know that I'd move from Jersey. My whole family is here, but I honestly don't know. Cause that's what I literally asked Anjali. I said, what can I do? Girl, I just paid, I just wrote like a $300,000 check. Um, and, um, I don't you know. You might need to move live at your headquarters to Florida. I know. I and know. Tiffany can live in Jersey. I know. No, but I think that <laughs> so the millionaire tax is on you personally. That's really the issue. It's not so much the business. Right. Yeah. Uh, business taxes are actually historically low right now. Well, you just get you a house in Florida. I know. So, I mean, so. Tax evasion yeah. for the wealthy. <laughs> but I will just say that I think it's fair. But of course, no one wants to pay more taxes. But I, I mean, ultimately, I think it's fair. And the increase, it's not significant. You know, like I'm looking at, I mean, it's significant, I guess, as, you know, compound. So, but not so much that, you know, it would cause me to flee. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's not a bad thing. It's a fair thing, but it's, I mean, no one likes to pay taxes, but it's certainly something that it's a good problem to have because I'm blessed because honestly, not that many years ago, I was like, what am I going to eat today? Where am I going to find food? So I'm not going to complain about paying taxes to make sure the state that I live in is is kept up because I'm in a really blessed position. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in your position, you know, that's why I think it's important. We need more black millionaires because you do, you know, that that stat 3% of millionaires contribute 40% of tax revenue for the state. If that's if I'm if that's true, I'm I'm quoting her quoting the paper. Um, but anyway, if that's true, then I mean there's more skin in the game for millionaires and they are often the ones who are influencing policy because they have so much influence. They're all they're often in places, positions of power. They run big companies. They they contribute to causes that are important to different states. They fund football fields and, you know, fund schools and things like that. And they are the ones who have the ears of legislators. And the more black millionaires we have, the more black millionaires we'll have in those, you know, rooms where things happen and be able to speak to causes that are important to them, be able to say, hey, you want this donation? I don't know if this is legal or not. If you want this donation, maybe you should, you know, write a letter to Kentucky's governor and ask for justice for Breonna Taylor. You know, those types of things um, can happen when there's more people of color with wealth. Uh, so that's that's just, that's my hot take right now. But the whole issue of, you know, taxing wealthy people, I mean, there's just so many fascinating layers to it. Um, and I think very much so, if you are wealthy, you have got to care about people besides your own bottom yes. line. You've got to care about your community. 
You've got to, you should be, you should be proud to contribute to your community. I mean, taxes pay for police, they pay for teachers, they pay for public works, they pay for, you know, like today when I went and told my parks and rec department to replace a broken swing at the playground near our house, that's tax dollars, you know, that are paying for that person to go out there and replace a swing set. And, you know, I think people should think about that. There's this real sense of like, individualism happening right mm-hmm. now in the country. People cannot look past their own bottom line. And that is what's really, truly, truly hurting us. And uh, that's a very progressive point of view. And I get that. Um, and we've all, and I think this is a, this is another reminder that it's not just the president who makes calls, it's your local elected officials. You mm-hmm. know, who who's your governor? Who are your state legislators? Who are making these calls about how your money is taxed at the state and local level? Um, that is not happening at the the federal level. So you've got to be, you've got to be an active citizen. And God, I just wish if people just, people just have to, they just, we'd have got to just learn how to empathize and how to care yeah. about people besides ourselves. And yeah. that is why it's- Because I'm like, how much money do you need? I mean, for me, I mean, it's, it's nice to make money, but it's not, for me, it's a tool to be able to provide security for myself, my family, like my loved ones. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, like if you were to see, I live super simply. Like I, like Anjali always teaches teases me, my 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 financial planner, and I'm always like, oh my gosh, Anjali, like I'll see like a house on like Realtor.com, and I'm like, who's living in this three million dollar house? How can they afford it? She's like, Tiffany, you can afford it. I'm like, no way, because my house is really modest. You know, like we paid one eighty for it, we put one eighty into it, but really modest. And she's like, Tiffany, one day she told me the other day, which really blew my mind that I. I still can't see it. She's like, Tiffany, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, the trajectory that you're on, that you and your husband will be worth between 50 to $100 million in the next 10 years. And I was like, who? Me? She was like, yes. I can't, I can't, I still can't wrap my mind around and see it. Because for me, it's never really been about the money. It's been about what, how can I provide security? So much was taken from me from the last recession. I'm just glad to have a house. I'm glad to have a house that someone can't take. I'm happy that my husband, who grew up in apartments his whole life, he said he wanted to live in a house and own a house before he was 40. We were able to to make that happen. I'm happy that my bonus daughter, Supergirl, is able to grow up in a house. I'm happy that I have plenty of rooms that my sister can stay with me while she's building her business, that my niece and my nephew who live down the street come over and play and there's plenty of room. I just, I don't know. It's it's enough for me like that, that I want to make more so I can do more, not necessarily so I can have more. Um, and I know that's not common, but it's it's new for me having this level of money. I grew up like, uh, I would say, look, I guess not as a kid, like poor for sure. But by the time high school, maybe middle class, I guess you could say, like I, my parents had a, you know, a, a nice house, but that was also new for, for them too. So for us, we grew up really simply. I didn't get the Jordans and any sort of design or anything. We paid for school out of pocket with student loans as well. And so this is more than I ever thought was possible. So I'm just grateful every step of the way. And I think to myself, well, the more that I'm able to make, the more that I'm able to serve and help. I have some some philanthropy things under my under my belt that I can't wait to roll out um soon. So yeah, I just I mean, millionaires should pay more. I mean, I mean, what do you you know what I mean? Like what who's going to pay if not people who are wealthy? 
is the preschool teacher supposed to pay? That's ridiculous. So yeah, I'm not leaving Jersey anytime soon. My whole family lives here and and I love living close to them now, which is so crazy because teenage Tiffany would have been like, girl, run. But you know, when you're grown, you realize <laughs> the value of living close to your parents and your family. I mean, child, the preschool teacher, yeah. I mean, if 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 every like someone has like who's going to teach your children? Mm-hmm. You know, you need to you need to we need these people. If anything, the pandemic has pandemic has taught us that our educators are need to be way more valued than they are. Um, but yeah, I th- so thanks for your perspective on that. And and I think I read something recently that was like money doesn't make you different. Money makes you more of what you already are. Mm. And. Thankfully, Tiffany was already a good person. Yeah. <laughs> before she, like, before she made the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't forget about us on the way up there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take one more quick break and be bake. One more quick break and be back with our brown boost brown break. And we're back. And by the way, you can get a T-shirt that says, be your own brown boost. Oh, no. At brownambitionstore.com. I'm, I'm a mess. I should know this. But is you that should a, probably go to brownambitionstore.com, yeah, Tiffany. Get yourself some swag. I love that. That's such <laughs> an awesome, like, phrase. Look at you, clever. Yeah. I don't even remember if I made that up or if a listener, I don't know. But thank you all. For, if you have more ideas for T-shirt uh, logos or sayings, uh, hit us up, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. We're just, I mean, I'm just making it up. I'm so, going right now, brownambitionstore.com. I'm going right yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. All right, well, let me do a quick brown boost because Bebe upstairs really wants me. And I miss him. Oh, my goodness. It's been a few hours. So brown boost, I finally, finally hired a babysitter. Uh, my neighbor's daughter has been coming as of this morning to help. More like a mother's helper type thing. Um, so, and honestly, I, I was like, I need someone here on the days when it's just be my husband. Because his mother has been coming on the days when he has to go to work in the city. But, like, listen, like, guys are super, like, they're great. They can do a lot of things. But, man, I just need someone to help him. <laughs> help him so that I can work. <laughs> like, And so far, um, so good. And that was a huge, huge step for me, just, like, mentally welcoming someone else into the house who's not a blood relative. But we've gotten to know our neighbors. That's been a real blessing of this pandemic. It just feels like the 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 couple of blocks, you know, around us, we've just become this really nice little community and helping each other out. And I've gotten to know my neighbors really well. And I'm excited because she's like a college student um, and she's interested in early childhood education. And um, she's really good with kids. And anyway, and it's helping me out. And it feels good to be a working mom with a little bit of help. Aww. So... Brown boost for myself, finally getting over the mental hurdle of asking for help and hiring some help with the baby. I'm proud of you. Well, you know what? Boost up yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was my own brown boost. I need that shirt. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to boost up myself too because, so the book, um, you guys, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm writing this adult book. It's literally like adulting, the finance book you need for like your adulting life, right? When you said adult book, I started thinking like adult movie. Oh, The tax accountant said, come to my office. (laughs) No, because I've been trying to crack the code on how do regular everyday people get good with their money? Like, you know, like how does the mechanic, the teacher, the, or the engineer, the doctor, the NBA player, like how do you get good with your money? 
So for the last like three years, I've been perfecting something called financial wholeness, which is these 10 steps that you should accomplish in order to get good with your money. It starts with budgeting and ends with estate planning. But it's like, how does the 20-year-old, the 40-year-old, the 50-year-old, the 60-year-old do all 10 of those things? And so I finally, I put it in a book. And I mean, I work hard, but I'm not going to lie. I don't know that I've ever worked this hard. Maybe once when I first started the Literature Academy or the Literature Challenge, and it almost killed me. Um, But there are a handful of times I can remember working this hard. And this book, it is so much work. I don't know that I'm going to write another one, um, but I'm just really excited about it. I finally like submitted the final manuscript um, because what happens is you kind of like write this draft and it gets edited by the editor and then she sends it back to you and then you edit it some more. And so I submitted like, it's not the final, final, final. It has to go to copy editing and some other tweaks, but it is, I would probably say a good 75% of the way there, but it's a full manuscript and I could weep with joy. I, When I tell you, Mandy, I have been working anywhere on the low end, three hours a day, upwards. One day I worked eight straight hours on the book. And um, I just, it's a level of work that I just do not want to do anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so, I could weep. What's the opposite of passive income? Yes, it is. When they told me like, we we have a manuscript, I was like, okay. So they were like, well, we won't bother you for another couple of weeks because the copy editor is going to go over it. And then you send it back to you and, you know, like get whatever tweaks you want to make. But it's done. And I'm really proud of myself because... I pushed myself to the next level. Like I said, I work hard, but this was another level of work, which I do not encourage because I have not, I'm like, my husband's like, what do you look like? Oh, okay. I wouldn't know because you live in your office. So I am going to spend actual time with him over the next couple of weeks. And you're going to do more books. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Mandy, it I won't be as hard it. as the first one, but you're going to do more I books. I don't want to. Honestly, I don't. They're addicting. You're going to do more books. I don't. It'll be fine. Cause the, you get a ghostwriter. It'll be great. No, see, the 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 self-published books are easy because, you know, you set your own timeline. These books that are owed to the publisher, girl, mm-hmm. they don't play with you. They're like, give me the book or I will come to your house and snatch it from your cold, dead hands after strangling <laughs> you. And so you get emails like that. You're like, I mean, they're really nice. But it's just they're, the, the deadlines is, are what are it's like what's really overwhelming. So I just say all that mm-hmm. to say that, like. It's done. I cannot wait for, you know, it comes out next year, April. Um, I cannot wait for you guys to read it. I think it's going to change so many lives. It is my best book to date. And I usually am hard on myself because I think like everything I do is only okay. I'm like, mm, I give yourself a C. Um, but for this book, I give myself a solid B plus, which is like really good because I never think I do a good job. So brown boosts. We're brown boosting up. Boost up yourself again. Book, 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 book. The budget needs to publishing outfit in print needs to happen yeah no girl i'm tired (laughs) you will feel it's how it's like no i'm serious they 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 say it's like having a baby when you write a book it's like you'll forget all the pain for your next one and you'll do it again (laughs) we're gonna see we're gonna gonna see Uh, well i'm excited for you congrats get good with your money by tiffany aliche yes all right well thanks y'all for another fabulous week of brand ambition yes it's been awesome Five years and one week anniversary. <laughs> yes. And I like the I like the mailbag. We should do it more often. Mailbag. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for your questions. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review and a star rating on iTunes. Hopefully it's five stars, but you know, up to you. Up to you. Five stars. And then head over to brownambitionstore.com and pick up your swag and get something for your friend and your mother and, and your husband. And your cousin. And your baby. Right. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.